In the beginning there was Jack, and Jack had a groove, and from this groove came the grooves of all grooves. And while one day viciously throwing down on his box, Jack boldly declared, let there be house, and house music was born. I am, you see, I am the creator, and this is my house. And in my house, there is only house music. But I am not so selfish, because once you enter my house, it then becomes our house and our house music. And you see, no one man owns house, because house music is a universal language spoken understood by all. You see, house is a feeling that no one can understand, really, unless you're deep into the vibe of house. House is an uncontrollable desire to jack your body and as I told you before this is our house and our house music and every house you understand there is a keeper and in this house the keeper is Jack now some of you might wonder who is Jack and what is it that Jack does Jack is the one who gives you the power to jack your body Jack is the one who gives you the power to do the snake Jack is the one who gives you the key to the wiggly worm Jack is the one who learns you how to walk your body Jack is the one that can bring nations and nations of all jackals together under one house you may be black you may be white you may be Jew or Gentile it don't make a difference in our house and this is fresh I'm angry I'm really really angry because some people are messing up with dance music and I do not like it dance music is way bigger than them to mess with. This is Johnny Walker, your host for the Freak Beats EDM podcast, a talking podcast about EDM with an attitude and opinion. This is the 151st episode, and today I'm here to explain why politics and dance music should not and cannot mix. If you started listening expecting another EDM music mix podcast, a mindless EDM newsreader, or some pink cotton feel-good social feed, then best to go now and not waste your time. If you're easily offended or prefer living in your own echo chamber, now is the time to go and not waste any more of your precious time. But if you are interested in, the, in a discourse and debate on why it is inappropriate to mix dance music with politics, then stay on and listen to what we have to say. With the recent social unsettling in the US at the end of May, the ugly head of politics reared its head again, and this time it decided to do so in the dance music community as well. Or better to say, it was the dance music community, best to say the vast majority of, who decided to mix dance music with politics. And my question is why? Who is this good for? Who is this benefiting? And is this actually necessary? Of course, the vast majority of fans will agree with the artists, DJs, festivals, record labels, digital record stores, and everyone else who decided to do so in support of a certain movement due to the unfortunate events that took place in Minneapolis on the 25th of May. I am not a political commentator, so I will not go over these events again. 
I'm sure you can get your political freedom views wherever you think is most appropriate. What I am here to debate is the appropriateness of publicly declaring a preference for a political movement, a party, a political leader, or in fact anything to do with politics when you represent dance music and you call yourself its gatekeeper. Firstly, let me be clear. As a Gen Xer, I think being political, going out and voting, and participating in public affairs is not just healthy, but essential in order to have a voice and ensure your views are represented in the right channels on your local or national level. I myself am very political in my private life, yes I emphasize that, and have always been since a teenager. The older I become, my views have changed and previously naively held opinions have now been abandoned for a more rounded and informed opinion. Occasionally I just have to laugh at what I previously believed or led to believe. And even if you decide not to vote because, you know, F the state, as long as you understand why you're doing it so and its consequence, I'm with you. I and my co-hosts over the past 150 episodes have kept the podcast apolitical in purpose and by choice. We touched on our distaste of politics getting in the way of peace, love, unity and respect, plural, in short, back in episode 101 that we entitled How Ultra Miami Festival 2019 Killed Plural for Good that aired in April 2nd, 2019. During that episode, myself and my co-host Psykis, hope you're keeping well, buddy, discussed political agendas during Ultra Miami Festival and how a mix of rock music and agendas can kill off the blue vibe for good. Since then, I haven't become aware of a major political sway within the community until these past couple of weeks. Of course, here and there, many artists proudly proclaimed F.D. Trump on Twitter or Instagram as it is so fashionable to rile against establishment once you're a young adult. Other than that, nothing major happened to my knowledge. The unfortunate events that took place in Minnesota had a profound event on social media, media and political standing. Everyone and their grandmother proclaimed that as gatekeepers, the show must be paused and bravely declared with the hashtag a blackout Tuesday. And this is where I draw a line with almost everyone that did so. With the exception of some older individuals like the Chicago House Pioneers who are well in their 50s now or the Detroit Techno Originals who have spoken of racial tensions when they were growing up in the late 70s in Detroit. Who else really had the right to protest? The entire world you may claim because silence is violence. Is that so? Let me take you back on a journey. When I started listening to house music in late 88, I listened to a jam of a track that had been sampled countless of times thus far. For me, that track powerfully captured the entire philosophy of the music at the time and the acid house movement at large. It was called Can You Feel It by Fingers INC and featured the powerful words of Chuck Roberts. The front of the picture sleeve of the 12-inch vinyl had a picture of Dr. Martin Luther King and I Have a Dream printed on it. This record was more than an anthem. The words etched themselves deeply into the minds 
hearts and souls of everyone who was lucky enough to participate in the Cultural Revolution. The record had a clear political message. Listen to the words again. And in my house, there is only house music. But I am not so selfish because once you enter my house, it then becomes our house and our house music. And you see, no one can own house because house music is a universal language spoken and understood by all. The music united everyone that participated in the ritual that was going out and attending an acid house night or a rave later on. The scene was egalitarian. What was beautiful was that the person next to you could have been anyone, literally anyone, and you would not care. You would just hug them and dance together in bliss. I know it sounds like 60s hippie stereotype talk. I know drugs helped. But what was more important was the feeling of togetherness and coming together under a groove. It really happened, people. There were very few cameras to record it, but it stays with us, who were there at the time. That record brought people together. In the dance floor, there was no racism. No one cared what color the other person was. No one cared who they slept with, how old were they, or how much money they had in the bank at the time. All it mattered was that moment of peace, unity and love, and having fun. Let's not forget that. So why do I say that politics don't mix well with dance music? Because that record dispersed politics. It talked about our house and our house music. Not black music, not yellow music, not blue music, not white music, our house music. That was the politics of dance. The message was clear. F politics, just dance. The political message was that nothing mattered in the dance floor and certainly not a political party, the color of your skin or who you vote for. And that is why we thought, we silly Gen Xers, that we would change society for good. We really thought so. And you know what? We actually did. Few will understand how much society was divided in the UK prior to 1988. On our YouTube channel we have three BBC documentaries where the social circumstances surrounding the birth of acid house and dance music are shown. There's also another documentary called Everybody in the Place, An Incomplete History of Raving in Britain. It's an hour long. Do go and watch it if you want to gain a better understanding of the social substrate of the time. But before 1988, everything was divided in groups fighting each other. Social unrest was driven by economic disparities. It was tough times. I can't proclaim I understood much of it because I was too young at the time. But you could feel the tensions in everyday life in school, in your streets. But music, in this case house music, saved the day. It broke down the walls that separated people and everybody came together to dance, looking and hoping for a change. Dancing together, loving together, feeling together, creating a better life together. Were we political? Yes and no at the same time. 
We became political when the British government decided that raving was too much of a threat and wanted to take it away from us. We became political when in 1994 they tried to bring the criminal justice bill that prohibited groups of 10 or more people from having the right to assemble on private land if the gathering is for the express purpose of listening to music typified by the excessive repetition of a number of bits. We became political not to take sides with any group, but to preserve our existence, our freedom to party, our freedom to dance. You see, the act of having fun without being controlled by the, by the government, educated by mainstream media, without being directed on what to wear, listen to or go to, was the political act back then. It was the freedom to be ourselves and our decision to protect that freedom that was the political act. We did it for us, for our house, for everyone who was in our house. So yes, we were political, but for a very good reason, and not taking sides, but only protecting dance music itself and our freedom to dance. That was 1994. In Toronto, Canada, a similar protest took place in August 2000 against, against state-led action to restrict residents' rights to party called the Idans protest. I'm faintly aware of other similar events over the time taking place in different parts of Europe. 26 years later, where did we go wrong? Enter the millennials or Generation Y. Enter YouTube. Enter social media changing the social discourse in the beginning of 2010. Enter the US going crazy over politics and the rest of the world following. Enter an entire generation becoming so fanatic that they would not date another person if they were of an opposing political view. Enter echo chambers. Enter triggers. Enter NPCs. Enter checking your privileges. Enter being afraid to talk so you're not called an East ism or phobic. Enter Boy George. Yes, that of Culture Club in the 80s and a house DJ in the 90s and noughties. Yes, the androgynous boy George, the king or queen of camp and drag, actually being called a homophobe. Enter madness. Enter cancel culture. I could see it coming, of course. Slowly but surely. Pips ultra shouting F Trump at every opportunity. Artists on Twitter going off on a tangent here and there are commenting on current politics that they were like they were Fox or CNN anchors. Never mind the music. Let us educate you. Let us gain some social points, likes, shares and retweets. Artists who care more about social injustice. But of course, they would never invite for a remix an old Chicago or Detroit black artist Festivals that cared about issues and tissues, who would also never give a gig to these old-timers. The artists who actually suffered and their music expressed that struggle. The artists whose product of love and frustration that kick-started this whole music. They were not having a voice on social media. They were marginalized. I'm proud that I have given from our tiny little outlet a voice and acknowledge these artists for what they have contributed so far. Not because of the skin color, but because of the music. UK's The Independent newspaper did an article on 
Can dance music and politics really mix in 2005? Showcasing the activism of Paul Van Dyke, Miss Dynamite and DJ Freeland on different social issues. DJ Freeland's We Want Your Soul, a new school break anthem from 2003, described the situation of the last decade perfectly and is a favorite anthem of this podcast. It talks about how corporations that are running our world right now, see Google, Microsoft, Facebook, Amazon and their likes, will dictate everything on your life, especially what you believe in. Mixmag published an article on dance music and politics being intertwined in February 2017. Apparently, Dave Clark announced in 2016 he would no longer perform in the US, citing the misogynistic, narcissist, racist president in office as the main factor in his decision. A similar response occurred when Z tweeted a Thomas Jefferson quote and followed this up with a post showing solidarity to the airport protests in America. A Renan-born DJ Darius Rosin was forced to cancel US tour dates because of Donald Trump's travel ban. I can also remember the countless outcries, outcries against Brexit from well-known UK DJs and artists. This is not the right place to go into details. You see the common theme in all the above? Political activism has nothing to do with preserving the dance music scene that is under threat, but more to taking sides with X or Y political side party line of movement. And then it happened. That incident in Minneapolis and then ensuing protests. And the dance music community responded, en masse, in solidarity. Because it was their duty. They're the gatekeepers, after all. And they paused the show. And they shouted, hashtag, blacked out, Tuesday. And some of them donated money for a good cause. But crucially, they did not forget to tweet the amount to make sure everyone knows their virtue. And most did not donate, but encouraged others to donate. But everyone blackened their Instagram profile. Politics has entered the building ready to crap on our house. Because that is the nature of our beast. So what exactly is wrong with politics mixing with dance music culture? Let me break it down for you. It is wrong for the artists lose out. It is wrong because it results in community divisiveness. Everyone loses, no one wins. Within a few hours, the winning babies such as Alice in Wonderland came to Twitter to cry about the thousands of followers she lost. No surprise there for me. Why was she surprised? She should have listened to our podcast. We won many times. We drop subtle hints. Do not mix your personal political affiliation with your business. Just because you live in a bubble, it does not mean that everyone out there living in the same bubble. Let's be logical here. In every election anywhere in the democratic world, most election results have a 10 to 15 percent maximum difference when it comes to a hugely popular winning party or candidate. Most of the times the difference is something between 5 to 10 percent. Let us look at Barack Obama election results in the 2008 United States presidential election. He won by 52.9 percent. This was at his huge popular first win in 2008. That was a mere 7.3% difference with the Republican candidate. He won again in 2012 by 51.06. The difference was even smaller this time, a mere 5%. Look at the numbers. 
For someone who can see clearly, it means that just over half the people voted for him on both occasions. What that also means is that just under half of the people voted against him. Why would you want to piss off 45 to 47% of your followers if you're an artist? Well, perhaps that percentage is lower because younger people would favour the anti-government candidate, but still, even if it is 30 to 35%, why would you want to alienate these fans? And what about your fans globally? After all, dance music has spread its wings all around the globe and fans can get ticked off easily in any part of the world. Let's be clear about things. It is 2020 and there's another round of US elections this November. The whole world is watching. The blood is boiling hot and everyone is choosing sides. The election is bound to be tight. Current polls suggest a 15% favouring the Democratic Party. As history has shown, the final difference will be much less than that. So at this very stage when the US is divided practically in two halves, the dance music community gatekeepers decide on entering the political arena and start taking sides and then wondering why they're losing followers. Of course, as the echo chamber suggested, losing those followers is good because they're all racist. But are they? Are they really saying that 45% of the US population is racist? Because if they are, I have some hard questions for them. If they are, they should have been doing something about it all along, not waiting for a police incident to happen to wake up. Or was it the drugs that they snoozed with and they did not realize what was happening in their country all along? Or did they not bother about what was happening in their country all along? Or were they just virtue signaling when the signal was given? Or were they just afraid to be left out in case they were called a racist? Or were they just happy to milk on those racist followers previously? We need answers, goddammit. What is it with you people? Which one of the above? So let's examine what was achieved here. Every artist, DJ or event lost hundreds or thousands of followers as they claim. Assuming this is true, you have thousands of fans who have left you. It is very likely these ex-fans will stop buying your records, come to the events you DJ or play, attend the festivals. Sure, you got rid of racist fans you did not want. Did you stop and wonder for a moment what would happen to these ex-fans now? Raving was their outlet, right? Your music was their outlet, right? They will come to your events to dance, right? So what now? What will they do now they feel alienated? Could it be that being left out will radicalize them even more? Join the opposing echo chamber? Find that the conspiracy theorists are justified? Never come back again and join other unhealthy activities? Have you ever thought of that when you proudly posed your show? So what did you achieve when you posed the show? Were these racist fans previously attending a festival like ADC ready to commit racial crime or discrimination in the dance floor? Did you see a lot of violence in these festivals? Because I do not remember any being called out. So again, we are either lying to each other, looking the other way, or there was actually no violence on those events. Did you see people not dancing with other people together, singing together? jumping together and hugging each other in these festivals? Because I sure did. 
In fact, it sounds to me this was the perfect place to have those racist fans in, somewhere where they actually forgot the racism, if there ever was any to start with. Somewhere where they felt connected to everyone else. Somewhere they shook hands with people of any color they did not know. Somewhere where everyone took care of each other. These festivals and this music looks to me like the perfect place to convert a racist to a non-racist, to a person who can accept and be accepted, to unlearn unhealthy practices of the past if there were ever any to start with. But not so for all those who hashtag Blackout Tuesday. They seem to want to get rid of those racist fans. They don't want them in the festivals, the clubs. They want them to go out, roll in their hate and vitriol, find other like-minded people so they can get together, get organized and plot. Well done, gatekeepers of the dance music community. This is what you wanted to achieve all along. Marginalize and divide the community. Divide the fans and alienate them. Let them find other political groups that will fulfill the need to belong to a community that understands them and listens to them. Well, a cynic would say that racial tensions and divisions was always the plan. Race walls always favor those in control. Divided we fall, united we stand. But the damage done is far wider than losing a few racist fans. The damage that will be done in the music scene will have a greater impact on the greater EDM community at large. The EDM contributed to the global culture economy precisely because of its strong subcultural basis. An entire area in impoverished India, namely Goa, is dependent on dance music tourism and the full moon parties. This story has been repeated countless of times around the globe. For every DJ, you the fan jump at his or her bass drop, there is a massive array of people working to get them on stage. The industry is composed of the recording, distribution, selling and consumption smaller parts of. The festival and gigs are part of the nighttime economy that so many people's livelihoods depend on. And mostly people lacking a steady job, depending on those gigs to put food on the table. To be able to fulfill their dreams. The next superstar DJ may be among them. Just because of the gigs he lost, he will never be able to produce that tune in the coming few years. He will quit and find another underpaid job. With every living fan that economy shrinks a little more. We, the people who are the real gatekeepers have been around since the dawn of Acid House, have seen that circle happening three times already. And with every circle of growth and shrinking, some people out there get into the poverty zone. Families are disrupted. Divorce is constantly on the rise. Children are not educated. Alcoholism, substance abuse. Why, in the love of anything that is good, would you want to do that? Is it not black families that are particularly struck in the US by poverty? Why would you hit with your actions these very same people that you proclaim you wanted to save? By all means, go out and protest for the cause you believe in. Donate all you want. I'm not against that. But do it on your own space, anonymously. You still count if you turn up in a protest. You still count if you donate anonymously. Your money will be put in good use. You still count if you stretch out your arm and help a black person in need. Invite them to your house to share stories, to break bread, 
and share a plate of hot food with. You still hound if you link up and promote a struggling artist and musician and you ask them to play alongside you if you're a famous DJ who blackened out your Instagram timeline. Go out there, find them and make them famous. Well-deserved recognition is what they wish for the most. You do not need Instagram for that. Because the cynic in me says you're doing it for the virtue signaling points. You do not need to publicly shout it out from the rooftops. Because the cynic in me says that the people who have the most to hide shout the loudest. Music being a politically charged art form and means of expression is nothing new, of course. Punk rock was the last genre that was vocal about it. Dance music emerged out of the depth of riots, violence, the cries of disco sucks at Comiskey Park in Chicago in 1979. Electronic dance music and its subculture shone a light into that darkness. We found a place where we did not have to be politically educated by the establishment. All we wanted to do is dance. The house crew said it loud and clear in 1989, all we want to do is dance. All we ever wanted to escape from the foul-smelling reality, the constant media education, what is good or bad, what is proper or not. We want to be citizens of our own utopia for a few hours a week. Now, the so-called gatekeepers decided that we cannot have fun anymore, that the education ought to be continued even at the clubs, the festivals, at every possible opportunity. God forbid if we the plebs found a small oasis to surrender ourselves to and have fun for a little while. No, the education and preaching must go on. Like maniacs who thrive on their ongoing need to keep talking, or preachers who get paid by the local religious franchise that just keep educating us at every opportunity, non-stop, no matter what the cost. Because, because it is the preaching that matters, not the actual result. Electronic dance music, clubbing and raving was always about pursuing hedonism and escaping reality. Perhaps this is one of the reasons they could not carry out a political discourse unlike punk rock and hip-hop, that it was lyrics-based. Occasionally the MCs were able to communicate messages, listen to MC X-Men with DJ Logan D and MC Herpsy on July 2011, saying, Hold tight all the DJs, all the MCs, all the producers, promoters, Everybody involved in our scene in England, abroad, everywhere, making it strong. Remember, it's not about competing. It's about linking, making it bigger. I wish his words could reach the ears of the blackout Tuesday crowd. His words echo the message that everyone should be linked up, not divide the scene because of political events outside the community. It would have been different if what happened in Minneapolis happened within the confines of a club or a rave. I never did. The unfortunate event, as we all know, had nothing to do with our scene. There's no racism in our scene. Chuck Roberts said it. You may be black, you may be white, you may be Jew or Gentile. It doesn't make a difference in our house. There's no reason to raise a political flag within our scene for the same reason. House crew said it loudly in 1989. People... Don't believe the lies, don't take in all the headlines about drugs, trouble, noise, fuss that end the way for the most of us. People, don't believe the lies, don't take in all the, all the headlines. All we want to do is dance. 
It is within your own right to believe and act any way you wish in your own house. Keep it there. But in our house, there is only house music. We keep it clean. The only thing that matters is house music. House music matters and the music never stops. Music unites, never divides. Period. Watch commercials, more commercials. Watch Jerry, not Oprah. Buy a better life from the comfort of your sofa. Here's popcorn, here's magazines, here's milkshake, here's blue jeans, here's padded bars, here's armpit wax, here's football shirts, here's baseball caps, here's live talk shows, here's video games, here's cola light, here's tin morning, here's filter tips, here's collagen lips, here's all night long, here's plastic want hips. Your soul, your house, your phone. We want your soul, your house, your phone. We want your soul, your house, your phone. We want your soul. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control again. Here, here's American Gladiators. Watch this. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Here is American Gladiators. Here is 56 channels of it. Watch these pituary retards bang their fucking skulls together and congratulate you on living in the land of freedom. Here you go, America. You are free to do as we tell you. You are free to do as we tell you.